Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Tonight on Footy Prime, the podcast, James and Craig go shopping for the senior prom while Dan and Brendan spend the night at the Haunted Amusement Park. Will they get murdered by the creepy night watchman? Both of my hands are hooks. That's all tonight on Footy Prime the Podcast, right after Blossom. Let's get this party started. You know, Blossom was one of those 90s characters that I didn't have a crush on. There weren't many, but she was one of them for some reason, but a good actress nonetheless. It's Footy Prime, the podcast, our early week edition. Sharman here, Wong is here, Craig's here, B's here as well. And we thought we'd get together and talk about what's been a, another fascinating weekend. And I thought we'd probably start with the FA Cup. But then, then, Alison Becker scored a worldie at the death to once again prolong Liverpool's Champions League aspirations for next season. It was unbelievable i mean I, I i was watching that game and for much of that game i had just abject fury coursing through my veins and then in a split second nothing but euphoria when he scored that gorgeous glancing header and i thought straight away i thought craig forrest i've got to text craig because he's always on about this his dream was to score a goal at the end of a match and usually when keepers score goals, right, they're like, you know, second efforts, you know, scramble in the box. That thing, Craig, was a thing of beauty. Wasn't it? It was absolutely textbook. I mean, the photos of him, too, just in the air, perfectly. I mean, great delivery. Yeah, he's uh, he's practiced that an awful lot, which we do as goalkeepers. We, we love getting in those positions. Some guy, he's clearly a very good header of the ball from especially that side. I, myself, was better from the other side <laughs> like a like a rising salmon yeah well not quite but it sounds something like i was trying to do but it is true some guys are very good at the diagonal i've never seen rio ferdinand for instance head a ball off a corner like that go on craig go on and say it it just confirms what you already know that goalkeepers are the most valuable people on the pitch <laughs> i wasn't gonna say that but they're the most valuable players on the pitch. I mean, what is it? It's taken. It's the first Liverpool goalkeeper ever to score a goal in the competition. I mean, that is ever. ever. That's going back over a hundred years, people. That's a long time. But I mean, it's so rare. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Not just that he scored the goal, but I mean, obviously, obviously, when a keeper scores a goal, 
late in the game, it's obviously a big moment because, you know, why else would you do it? And for Liverpool, they had to win that game to keep those hopes alive and destiny is still very much in their hands. If, if they beat Burnley and Palace, they're in the Champions League next season. But I found it interesting be the comments by Klopp afterwards because he referred to Olivier Giroud, of all people. You know, saying that's the kind of goal that Olivier Giroud would score. And, you know, I think we discussed on this podcast in the, in the past how Giroud might be the most underrated uh, striker in in the Premier League, if not world football. So for him to call out Giroud and saying, you know, that's the kind of goal that he would score, I was quite impressed, you know, for, for Klopp to call out a, a star from a different team. Or maybe he's just setting the expectations for Liverpool fans when the transfer window rolls around, that they're not going after guys like Mbappe and Messi. <laughs> maybe they're going after Olivier Giroud if he doesn't go to Mexico and play for Tigres <laughs> or the other French. Maybe if they fail to qualify for the Champions League, that's the uh, the, the level of talent that, that they'll would be, be aiming good. for. <laughs> I think that I mean I think Olivier Giroud is incredibly underrated. He is a phenomenal forward. He you know can be relied upon uh, to be a number nine, and it's kind of amazing how he always seems to be uh, has a manager that kind of gives up on him, and there, it seems that there's a you know an expiry date for him. But he's certainly proven his worth. And you know when Chelsea weren't scoring goals through the uh, the high priced Germans early in the season, uh, God they were lucky to have him. Um, so, yeah, it seems as though that he's passed his service date for Chelsea, and I'm excited to see where Olivier Drew goes. He's one of many front men that's going to move, I think, this summer. Did you, uh, by the chance, have you listened to Allison's interview after the game? I did, yeah, talking about his dad and that. And Oh, it's fantastic. It like, was. really, really good interview that you don't often hear from. I think you hear it more from football players, I think, than North American players, but it was honest. Um, very heartwarming as well, and obviously what he's gone through, how the support of Everton and other clubs and everything else. Amazing, really. Um, good for him. Good yeah, his, for father, him. his father drowned in, in February, if you weren't aware. So you can just imagine the, the emotional turmoil that he's been through the last number of months. And, uh, you know, hey, listen, the fact that you know, we're celebrating a famous goal fighting for fourth place just shows how this team struggled this campaign. And, uh, you know, it's funny, I, I was, like I said, watching that game, I was so angry and had my head in my hands and my kids saying, what's wrong, Dad? Like, why are you so angry? I'm saying, Christ, this might be, Joe, this might be the worst ever title defense from a Premier League champion. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't far off, right? I mean, if they do fail to finish top four, given how great they were last year and how, how dominant and how we were talking about, are they the best ever, to now be celebrating a goal against West Bromwich Albion? It is a real reality check for any Reds fan, I think. Don't you cut them some slack, though, this season? Do you really hold this season in regards to all the others? Can you actually compare them to the other defending champions in the follow-up campaign? I mean, this is such an anomaly this yeah. year. It is. You're right. I mean, it's a really strange season, and nothing can surprise us. Um, and yes, they, they suffer some serious injuries, but still, still. I mean, to be so good last year and then to lose their mojo for such a huge chunk of this season... I think, you know, it, flags are raised, you know, within that room, a room that we thought was so strong. Um, they had more injuries, a lot of injuries. Things didn't go their way either. Like, it's just just been a tough season. But the fact that they've got themselves in a position to fight for that top four and and the way it turned out, uh, it's pretty pretty amazing end of the season it could be for them. Charm's got a taste of the good champagne for us, and now he doesn't want to uh, go back to drinking the, the best stuff at the, at the store. <laughs> Hey, there's only one winner and everybody else is like, oh, they're just trying to find a way to get there next year. 
Yeah, you're right. And listen, they, they could bounce back, but I suspect that Man City aren't getting worse next year. They're getting better. So, mm-hmm. hey, I'm still, you're right, I'm still very much basking in the champagne glory of last season, 100%, but I just don't think we should give them um, a pass this year just because it's a weird season. I mean, it didn't affect United too much. It didn't affect Leicester too much. Chelsea, hey, listen, Chelsea might end up having a terrible campaign still, right? They, Thomas Tuchel, the genius who's come in and has changed, you know, the way that team plays and their confidence could be finishing outside top four and failing to win a trophy, right? <laughs> it's yeah. incredible watching the FA Cup final eh, on Saturday and, you know, a really interesting game. I thought a pretty decent cup final. It wasn't the greatest, but obviously at the end there with the the the, the VAR call and then that another worldie by Tielemans in, in, in a FA Cup final. Um, it really, you know, if you're a Chelsea fan right now, you are just, you're clenching, aren't you? You're just clenching. And I think that... Go ahead, Forrest. The players will be clenching too. <laughs> Like, really, because it's turned into this. I mean, oh, look at us. We're going to get the top four. We're the Champions League final, I think. And then you see what happened in Liverpool. And then yesterday, it's just like, yeah. 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 It's pretty wild the, the way that that match played out in the end because I think I was trying not to compare it to Man City Wigan. And then it just so much felt like that as the, as the game went on. And you saw how much it meant to Lesser with the entire squad collapsing on the pitch at the end. It was yeah. just incredible. And to have fans back, like it was, it was really special. I, I, I mean, I think Chelsea know that they're going into the Champions League final as real underdogs and it would be a miracle. And they went into that final as favorites. But to be honest, it's not the same final. So uh, not to say that they didn't have the same final focus to it but i mean yeah if they strike out here going over two in cup finals and fail to miss out on the top four all of a sudden we're talking about uh, you know it was tuchel any better than frank to begin with wild eh <laughs> well i tell you the the final and how it worked out and then one of the probably the most incredible moments that i saw was after the game when Schmeichel brought the owner out there, or the, remember the owner, yeah. not, now awesome. the owner, and just the, the the appreciation and the players and the relationship that he has with the players. I gotta think that if you're an owner, like Cronky or any of these assholes that are part of these clubs that are behind a curtain, why don't they want to be that? Like, why wouldn't you? Isn't the whole point of owning a team like that is to be try to be close to it to be part of it you can do both right you can be ambitious and, and want all the money in the world but at the same time understand and, and embrace what the club represents and be part of that and enjoy it exactly exactly and they knew that right from the start so the the, the fans locally love them they're part of it they're present the players clearly have a very close relationship with the ownership group um and they stood by them and, and all the players that leave there have talked about that you know being one of the major reasons for their success and it all comes from the top. So interesting. And it was, uh, yeah, it was really, really good to see. Are they becoming a destination club? I mean, I know they won the championship, you know, a few years ago now, but people thought, well, yeah, it was an amazing story. Cinderella at the same time and off here, but now they won the cup, the top four or they're around most years. Now they've got great recruitment, a wonderful owner. I mean, if you're a professional Craig, I mean, is that a club that you look at maybe, more so than say even an Arsenal right now and think, man, maybe Leicester's a place I want to play. Yeah, no kidding. And they, and you're at a club that just is going through the spell of just incredible appreciation for the club and winning trophies and 
you know, this is they're they're threatening to get into the top of top four on a regular basis in the last few years. Just incredible, incredible. I mean, Rogers done a fantastic job. B, I mean, you're a Villa fan. Villa, I mean, Leicester is what Villa should be, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I've said that as well. And sometimes, you know, seeing some of the signings that Newcastle's made over the last few years, thinking, wow, you know, that that used to be Villa. Um, the one that really got under my skin was Moise Keane when he left Juventus for Everton. I thought, man, like if Villa were, you know, a team that was contending for top half, this is a player that they should be going after. At the time, they weren't even in the Premier League or had just one promotion to the Premier League. So, yeah, it's it's incredible what Leicester's been able to do. Um, really, Brendan Rodgers has, has turned them into a side that you, you feel as a consistent you know top six contender and uh we loved the run that they went on in the champions league after their miracle premier league win and everyone you know kind of felt as though maybe that was a a bit of a fluke or an extension of lightning in the bottle but no this is a this is definitely a solidified you know top eight team a, a team that shows that they don't have to spend the exact same wage bill as the uh, the top five teams that they're chasing in front of them, but that they can definitely hang with them. Um, and in any given season that they've had got a system and definitely get the right pieces around them to, you know, really reach their potential. And so a destination club was your question. And I think you look at players like Kalechi Iannaccio, who, you know, had flirted with maybe some other teams, but I think he probably chose Leicester because he thought, well, here's a great opportunity for me to, you know, really have a chance to get in the team sheet and make an impact on a consistent basis. So if you're a player of that ilk, I think you look at Leicester and think, yeah, absolutely. Let's have a go at top four. Are they big enough now to keep Brendan Rodgers? Craig, I mean, he's a great manager. I think we can all agree with that now. Even going back to his Swansea days, what he did there, he did a good job at Liverpool as well until the end. Obviously, it's Celtic, you know, I know it's Scotland, but regardless, you can't fault the guy. Now what he's doing here, he's a very good manager. He'll be in demand. Um, do you think they're big enough to keep him away from the Tottenham's and the, and the, the Arsenal's of the Premier League? Mm, I think so. Uh, and I think it comes down again to the ownership because it looks as though he has a really close relationship with them as well. So he gets treated really well. As long as he gets supported in the transfer market enough that he can stay competitive, I don't see any reason why he would leave there for the next few years. Does he have, could that be something down the road? Of course, but I don't think he looks at it that way. I think he's looking at this as still a project for him and he's done incredibly well stepping in there. I mean, I taking that move from, Scotland and then coming back, you know, you looked at it, you thought, okay, well, Leicester, you know, they're not going to be a side that generally you're going to be challenging for the top four. What other job charms is a better, is a better job right now? I think uh, Spurs seem to be like the only team, you know, above Leicester, if you will, in terms of stature that would perhaps turn to him, but I couldn't see Liverpool making a pitch back if, if Klopp left. I, I really couldn't see, you know, if he looks at Arsenal versus well, the situation he's in now, I think he's got to think, wow, I've got a much better situation with my ownership. Why would I, why would I leave? So I can't see him leaving for an Everton or, you know, a Wolves. I think he's in a really good spot. I think a lot depends also on if they finish top four, right? Yeah. I mean, if they do slip out, which is if Chelsea beat them this week, you know, it's possible. Um, maybe, and, and he gets approached by, you know, I know Tottenham's not in there, but Tottenham's still a big club. Arsenal's a big club with a lot of money, potentially more money than than Leicester, I think, especially outside Champions League football, maybe. But yeah, I, I would like to think that he would stay a bit longer and build something because they got something pretty special. And they might lose some players this year. It's possible they always do, but they, they seem to replace them, don't they? And that their recruitment is is really maybe unparalleled in the Premier League at the moment. Got me thinking, though, watching that Tillemans goal, which is just 
freaking brilliant. And then, of course, Allison today. Got me thinking about those moments in sport that that really stand out for you personally. Not necessarily the biggest occasions necessarily, but might be that that play or that moment that you have always remembered, whether you watched it as a fan or maybe you were part of it as, as a player as well. Um, give me some examples, boys. Craig, do you have any? You must have. Well, the most recent one from a, a sporting standpoint was uh, Kawhi Leonard with a shot against the 76ers. Me and Paul Pescasolito were there, thanks to Alex McKechnie, sitting right behind the shot. He rose up and just the explosion. Um, and I hadn't seen that since Paolo Di Canio. Who's that naked behind you? That's my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Joe. <laughs> Didn't realize dad was filming the show tonight. She's been outside in the paddling pool, so she's not quite naked, but close enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Prove it to us. I'm wearing a tank top and shorts. Okay, she's wearing a tank top and shorts. Okay. Oh. You can uh, come down. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so oh, we don't get tanked up on. <laughs> so we don't get flagged by the CRTC. Let's switch it back to uh, yeah. about, about the shot. I have a picture of the shot on the wall, the famous overhead shot. It's on the wall next to uh, Ayrton Senna and a couple other gems that I have here. And I don't see Craig Forrest, but I think the angle may have cut him off. So you went on your phone with Craig at the time, like texting someone before it went in. Yeah, probably. Or, Craig, or, you know, Craig had to go for a pee. Hey, you know what? You know it's called the shot now. I love that, but I just got my mind thinking just now. You mentioned it. Um, one of those moments for me, for me was the shit, and that was wasn't it? Liz McColgan in the Olympics marathon, and I think it's Liz McColgan, or was it Sally Gunnell? No, it wasn't Sally Gunnell. But she she was she had to pull over and take a dump <laughs> because she got a bad belly during the Olympic marathon. And she was I really hate. in contention for it too. Who was that? Um, I'm going to find it. I don't legend, think it was legendary British. Legendary. Uh, yeah, she yeah. won. She won her very first marathon. She went in. Jeez. Oh. Weirdly enough, mine is a hockey one. <clears throat> Remember what Steve Sullivan? He was. Uh, he got hit in the face with a hockey puck, and some guy in the stands was making fun of him. Yes. And it is classic because he goes off, he gets all stitched up and the guy keeps needling him and needling him. He's like, they're swearing at each other. A puck goes in the stands about four minutes later and hits the exact same guy in the head. And he's now bleeding. So Sullivan goes up to him and starts like pointing at him and banging on the window. It was, it was, it's classic. And it always reminds me of karma. You know, and just <laughs> what goes around comes around, even if you're a fan. <laughs> That's cool. Great. Story. So, you know, I, I'm just trying to find this. Oh, Paula Radcliffe. Paula Radcliffe. Radcliffe, right. And what's horrible, I just I just literally put into Google Marathon Olympics shit. Don't do that. All right? Don't do that because some horrible imagery comes up. He didn't even win the race in the end. No, oh, no. Are you using the work email account for that? Because uh, <laughs> yeah. someone got a sponsorship proper. out of it. She got a sponsorship by uh, Charmin's <laughs> proper dumps. <laughs> proper dumps. <laughs> Have you thought right. about using any imagery, any of the Charmin imagery uh, with the pies? How do you mean? Well, oh, these ones that, they, that I'm seeing here. No, not an, not anything related to what we're talking oh, okay. about at the moment. 
What shaman imagery? Like some, you know, the fact that a play on words by using some of their graphics. So, or, or like, a, you know, a, a play on their clouds or whatever character it is Charmin uses to sell oh, toilet paper. No, maybe I should, though. Oh, Shaman, those Shaman. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha now. Now I understand. He's so no. self absorbed. You only think you're the only Shaman? That's it? The <laughs> yeah. Three of you? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not. I'm not self-absorbed. So um, let's put it to you now, B. Give me an example of, of a moment that, that stood out to you that could compare to Allison's glassing header. Yeah, I mean, your question being moments that you'll never forget, or those where were you when moments, and some of them could just be I can't believe that happened, like Darren Bent's beach ball goal for Sunderland. Do you remember that against Liverpool? Oh, I remember. That was a shocker. I think we were all at the score at that same time. Um, obviously, Aguero scoring for Man City against QPR. My brother is a Queens Park Rangers fan, so their survival was dependent on that game, and uh, that was just such a roller coaster. I'll never forget. And then I'll also never forget cursing Adair in the Euro 2016 final when he got the ball and he was running towards goal and he looked around and there was no one around him. And I said to my cousin, don't shoot, don't shoot, don't shoot it. And he wound up and he shot it and he picked out the bottom corner and Portugal are European champions. I'll never forget that. Yep. So deserving. That Aguero one, you're right. Actually, there's a few, those are good. Aguero one was very, very special, wasn't it? At that time, Man City and the whole fight just before with, uh, which yeah, that's right. Joey Barton. Joey Barton, and he got sent. Did he get sent off? I think he did. Didn't he? he did. Yeah, I think he did get sent off. Yeah, yeah he got sent off. off. Sure, everybody kind of forgets, but that was a big moment. That it was. It went crazy, didn't and it? Q- and Q- 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 City's first championship too, right? The first league league championship. They won the FA Cup. I think a couple of years before, hadn't they? But that was the first, you know, well, first for many, many, many years league first championship. League. And what, what an yeah. incredible! And now Aguero's leaving, you know, which we'll get into that in, in the next number of podcasts, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, Daniel's goal was one too that, that came into my mind that there's no way I'd ever forget that one the scissor yeah and you were there right you were on the field so I was going to ask you like from a, like one that you were actually there to remember that's that's it is it I mean that was incredible well that one and the penalty save I think against Columbia yeah knowing that we that was pretty much sealed it <laughs> that would be but the, the sorry continue uh, Craig if you're not finished no, that's it that's all I got, buddy. They're pretty was, good. Yeah, we're in the Gold Cup. Not bad. Yeah, pretty good. I was just going to say that the bicycle kick, Rooney's bicycle kick goal in the Manchester Derby, that was one of the early kickoffs. Remember when they were making all of those fixtures early um, yeah. to avoid any crowd trouble? So that was like a 7 or a 9 a.m. And I remember like, lying down, just struggling to stay awake to to watch it. it. Was I don't do mornings. And the ball came in, and I and I just thought, I'm like, he's going to attempt a bicycle kick, and it's going to be a disaster. And he did attempt a bicycle kick, and it's one of the most famous Premier League goals of all time. He shinned it. He shinned it in. That's it. Little shin. The little, little nick on the cross slowed it down a little bit too. Which, yeah, so it, it wasn't pure then, was it? It wasn't quite pure because it kind of you know, a little deflection going in and pretty, off pretty his shin. No way. Hmm? Looking good. Well, you know, I watched, I saw it today. They played it actually, um, the zone or whatever today. And, uh, I realized it, it was done before Rooney had his hair plugs. Yes. It was like when he was fighting the losing battle and he looked like he was 35, but he was actually about what? 24 at the time. Old man, Rooney, 26 old man year Rooney. old man, Rooney. <laughs> Did he get hair plugs? Did he actually get yeah. hair plugs? Pretty good ones actually. Back, they were good. They were okay. good ones. 30,000 oh, pounds worth. Except now he's got a whole bunch at the front and <laughs> nothing at the back. It's not like got the chia pet. It's not pubes hanging off. <laughs> Curly hair. Not a no. lot to work with there, Wonger, really. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
he should have just given up, just shaven, shaved it off. Yeah, he he wasn't win, winning any, uh, you know, Mister Universe awards. No, with or without hair, really. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Miss Universe, this weekend, uh, Miss Argentina uh, had a, an ensemble that I'll tweet on the on the uh, Footy Prime page um, honoring Diego Maradona, which I thought was pretty classy. Oh, really? Well, nice. Well, really? Oh, you, you you must do that. Wow. Uh, Ninety-nine Champions League final. You know, we have to mention. We have to mention Atiba Hutchison and Kyle Aaron. Aaron. Champs again. Yeah, pretty impressive. Holy shit! Amazing. Besiktas, the number one Turkish team in all of Canada. Yep. No, it's incredible. I mean, I'm not sure how much uh, press they'll get. Probably very little over here. Yeah. Um, but. We should give them more the credit in the world, man. It's just uh, an amazing accomplishment again. And not just that, but being key contributors too. Oh, yeah. You see that that, that Besiktas tweet and it's got the whole club, all the players, and they got Atiba Hutchison front and center. Front and center. Yeah. He's the hoppy, isn't he, of that club? Oh. Is is he leaving? Is his contract up? Is, is it known that he's done? Because I don't think he, earlier in the year, he didn't want to commit to having uh, made a choice about next season. Mm, I do not know. He is what? Is he 30? What, how old is Seven, he now? 37. He's 37 now. Uh-huh. Jesus. So he'd be looking for a one-year deal, you would think. Uh, I can't imagine a club giving more than a one-year deal. Remember about five years ago, MLS teams, Toronto, I know they were sniffing around thinking, you know, he's 32, pro, you know, a <laughs> little bit, <laughs> yeah. you know, here he is five years later. Key contributor. I, I, I should have looked up the stats, but he's you know one of the first names on the team sheet um, their entire season. I caught quite a few games yeah. hoping to get Thomas Rongan's commentary on B in there and always lucked out to whoever was doing the uh, the Turkish league production instead. It wasn't TR, but it was. Uh, it's been good to see a few of his games. Big day in the uh, La Liga today as well, hey? Atletico yeah. Madrid are uh, that close, that close to, to claiming a championship. They're in the driver's seat. Luis Suarez, big late goal. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't a goalkeeper headed goal in stoppage time, but pretty close to it. And uh, Atleti will be happy to have the have the edge over Real Madrid going into the final weekend. And uh, Atleti play Ronaldo, OG Ronaldo's Real Valladolid, who are um, have a chance that they're in the drop zone. They have a chance at escaping, um, but the, the odds aren't in their favor. So they need a lot to. Let go me ask way. you this, MB. Let me ask you this. So, so Boss is now out. They lost today. Yes, to, to Vigo, they're out of contention. Is this the week that the messy rumors heat up once again? I mean, I think the messy rumors are going to be hot all summer until he commits, really, and, until he commits and and you know uh, either locks down to stay, which are obviously Barca want to do as soon as possible. Um, but I, I think that just the way the football business is, uh, that's going to be the most talked about thing until until there's some clarification. I think he's leaving. I know it's a different situation than last summer, but he can leave now. There'd be no court battle. He can leave. I think he's leaving because why wouldn't they have locked him up otherwise by now? Well, do you think that he's going to drag it out? I mean, do you think he's maybe using it as leverage? We we also assume that he's sick of them and he wants to leave. Yeah, I I think he probably is. I would think so. I mean, I would think so. But from a business perspective, if in, you know, does he really care how in debt they actually are? If they've been paying him what we heard they've been paying him, which is, I can't even remember the number. It's insane. Well, over $100 million a year, wasn't it? Oh, yes. And it's nuts. But he can now, he can leave now. Yeah. And the club and Messi can, you know, meet the cameras or release a statement and say, listen, this is what's best now for the club. 
you know, financially, you know, we are here. I'm doing this for the club. The club's letting me go now because they've got to look to the future. They can do it all now. It all looks nice and it's polished and it's neat and tidy, right? Um, which is what, another reason why I think they, they might do it. But and I know this, like I said, the whole murkiness of last summer, it's a brand new um, hierarchy, a brand new old hierarchy at the club now. And of course, they're, they're tied to with, with Messi. But uh, I don't know. My, my gut tells me he's gone this summer. Craig, what do you think? I think there's every chance he could go. And I think he is tired. I think he's just tired of the situation there. And he's looking for a couple good years where he could still win something. Yep. Result of what they lost again today. They're out of the, that's it. The mathematically. Can't They're out. Yeah. It's one of the Madrid sides and, uh, and Aleti yeah. in the driver's seat against five Delita. I give them the edge. Yeah. yeah. You can see the race still going. Speaking of races, another Canadian in France, they, yes. have, to last, they have to win their last game, eh? Cause Lil drew today. Uh, yeah, I saw that. So they go into the final weekend with a one point advantage, does Lille, but they, uh, they, I think they have Angers uh, the last weekend, and they they need to win to uh, they need to win to lock it up. But it'd be pretty incredible. That's amazing. I mean, think about this. So we could be seeing three Canadians winning major championships in Europe this four. summer, right? Four. Sorry, yeah, sorry, I forgot about the Bayern Munich. Yeah, four. Well, how major are you going here? Let's not go down that road. Well, there may be more. There probably is. Okay, but I mean, I'm dropping down as as low as Turkey. Oh, not as low, low as a Serbian league. Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to upset any Serbians on this podcast. All right, don't, I've done that don't before. Do that. It ain't worth it. Well, so no, Orion, I'm not. Orion and Red Star are winning. Yeah, you're right. Okay, five. <laughs> Jesus, Craig, yeah, Craig, Craig, Craig Sharm seen she. Craig has seen Craig Sharm has seen the movie Taken too many times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they, they weren't Serbs, though. They were Albanians. Oh, were they weren't? What were they? They were Albanians. Oh, the Albanians. Yeah, Got to be a, careful there, Walter. There's one as Eastern European racism coming into yeah, Albania. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Eastern Europeans all look the same. want to fuck that up. You really don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can, I tell a, can I tell a quick story? Or do you want to wrap this up here, Sean? No, you go ahead. We've got like a few minutes still. Well, not many, but talking about the cultural mosaic that is Canada, you know, we're really, we're really integrated. We know how to, to mix cultures up and everyone you know, lives amongst each other yet still can be proud and celebrate where they come from. So I played in this men's league in Scarborough and, uh, I realized very quickly that it's a very racially divided men's league. And somehow I'm on an all Serbian team, me and this other guy whose, whose name was, I saw the team sheet and I realized, Oh, I'm like, I think Dayan Muhammad might be mixed, but he's still definitely half Serb. And he was half Egyptian, half Serb or something. I was the only non-Serb on the team. We go out and we play a team of all Caribbean guys. And they're all black. And then we play a bunch of Guyanese guys. And then we play a bunch of Asian guys. And I quickly realized after four weeks, I'm like, is this a, a racially divided league here? Like, no, no. Next week we're playing a, a cops, a bunch of cops. It's not, uh, it's not split up like that. Okay. Next week, they're all Asian cops. <laughs> and then we played a Sri Lankan team the next week. And, uh, and that's when the season ended, when my friend who, who was Serbian and brought me into the side uh, lost it on a defender who was a really hard challenge on the Sri Lankan team, took him out, and he stood up and he offered his hand sh- to shake his hand and said, hey, man, that was a good, ta- good challenge, and which, of course, the guy was stunned and went to shake his hand back, and my Serbian friend punched him across the face. <laughs> and uh, all, of their, all of their friends and brothers on the sideline uh, rushed the field, and, and the police shut our match down in the 60th minute. Oh, that's nice. So that's not your that's not your drywalling team. 
<laughs> no, that's not the, the drywalling team. Oh, are you, I thought you were making a reference to the uh, the famous drywall company that's you know famed for how they've uh, handled things during COVID. Uh, no, 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 no. The one that the other team you play for, you mean the old the guys, team, the entertainment. No, not the entertainment side. No, uh, I've been playing with some forty-year-old construction workers in construction. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, right. not that was. side. No, the not, Matami not. Homes. You were you're playing for the Matami Homes construction not, site. Not on DeWall. <laughs> yeah, were they the ones? They're the ones, right? The, the, the video. I, I don't know any of those guys, but I definitely know that the people that I've been playing soccer with know those guys because that was uh, that was in the group chat. Like, oh, I know this guy. He's one of my childhood friends. So two degrees of separation. From I tell that. you what, there's everybody's so short of workers. They got jobs already. They're fine. <laughs> so sure. And so is she, she's still working too, I bet. We have she less wasn't... than a minute. Hmm? We're going to get cut off. Yeah, we are less than a minute. Ooh, it's like driving on empty. How far it, can we go? And it's, it's been to the on wire. for a while. It's been on empty for a while. I've never felt this, this, this alive. Like Kramer and Seinfeld when he's pushing it to the wire. All right. In that case, we better go then. Thanks, fellas. This was fun. Amsterdam Brewery, thank you very much. DeanBlundell.com, thank you. And Blue Microphones, thank you very much. We're back on Thursday, right, boys? Sure, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Cheers. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.